This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast for the first week of April, 2023. I want to be the first person to say, boy, April flew by. I mean, it's, I can't believe we're like, the date of this podcast is what, the 5th? What? How, how are we five days into this month? It feels like it should still be like February. I, I don't even know what's going on anymore. This Friday was the first Friday I slept in my own bed since February. So, yeah, it's weird that it's that April. Is weird. That is very weird. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Cole Carmody today because we're going to talk a little bit about football, a little bit about what else we got. Anything? We got some basketball. We got some basketball. Did we even invite Gilbert or we just do this? He's just... actually doing some business right now. He's working? He's kind of doing that, yeah. Okay. What, is that? what does that mean, Cole? Hmm. This sounds like he's pooping. <laughs> it's worthwhile. Okay. I, I'm scared of that. But it's your questions from Wabash Station. That's how we do this questions podcast. You ask them at Wabash Station as one of our VIPs, and we answer here on the podcast. We understand someone posted a number of good questions within the thread that was Allocated for one question per person. El Camino cat, you naughty boy. Always solid and stuff from El Camino, though. Always. They, they were good questions because I was going to put in a second one. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait and then a minute. Zip code Chris came in and zip code told Chris. you off. Chris, we, we <laughs> I don't got a new nickname for you. <laughs> Whatever that zip code is. Okay. Like P.O. Box in Lenexa. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably got a burner phone, too. It probably does. Oh, I'm glad everyone's fired up for this podcast. I have a headache. So uh, this might be a lot of cold talking. I'm not sure. <laughs> We're going to see how it goes. Uh, I would probably like to go pick up some medicine from our sponsor. The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Not that you should drink when you're in pain or have a headache, but... It certainly can't hurt. Make sure you stop in the fridge whenever you're in Manhattan and check out their vastness, their wide selection of products, their knowledgeable employees. And also, make sure you ask for Die Hard on VHS. Fitz, are you tired? Are you? Do you have a headache because you had to wake up early this morning to go to practice? No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think they're related anyway because I didn't have a headache this morning. Mm. I'm probably dehydrated. So this is what life is like right now. Either you drink a lot of water and you stay hydrated and you pee upon the turning of every hour. You're just constantly peeing or you back off the water and you end up with a headache. Or it could just be that uh, I'm not taking the news of Bill Self's imminent retirement very well. Imminent? Imminent. So what uh, the Scoopmeister said? No, I'm just I'm just spreading the rumor. Oh, okay. That he's retiring. Well, yeah, I bet you could say the scoopmeister said it. Mm. Yep. Well, probably. I mean, if he said it, it's probably true. 
It's a question from Wild Bass Station. We thank the fridge for everything. Mr. Cole Carmody, take it away. First question comes from T Con Man 08. We have a con man on the board now? I would assume his he's, name is Connor. He's, he's asked a ton of questions lately. Okay. He's new-ish to the podcast. Welcome. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a number of months. I'm going to say his name's Connor. His name. That's that's my guess. Okay. Con man. Uh, does K-State give Jerome, Tame, Jerome Tang an extension this offseason, or will they wait another year? No, I think they're going to do something. I don't know for sure. I mean, but it just isn't uh, – there isn't any urgency with it from the Tang camp, from what I can tell. That, hey, I'm staying. Let's figure this out. We'll find out. I, I, I sense that maybe they want to make one big announcement with everything. I mean, they haven't put anything out about the assistant coaches in football, which we know a lot of that's done. So we'll find out. A raise in an extra year would be my guess. I don't think the extra year is important because you won't get to that. I, you know, I think that's just silly. I mean, if he if he goes to the national championship or a final four in the next two years, yeah, maybe. But he's still got what five? It was a six year contract. He still got five years on that contract. Is it more about optics though? If you give him another year, than it is instead of just saying, "Hey, we're just going to give you more money." I mean, because I feel I, yeah, I don't know how I feel how like you works, give him. An, I feel like you give him a new six year deal, basically. Good. I, th- I think I think you do add the year, but or add whatever you want. You can make it a ten year deal, a twenty year deal. I don't think anybody cares what the number is on the end of it just make sure it's at least four or five years you know like I'm, you gotta you gotta have the i'm just gonna say the I'm space a, at the end i'm on a one-year deal and I'm, i recruit well just say <laughs> just putting that out there they just have to give him an extension to to let everybody know that they're fully bought in with him i mean if you just let him sit here then there's going to be some outside yeah. schools some outside uh, universities that look at that and say, oh, well, they're not really taking care of him, so they must not value him, and, and they'll use that yeah. against K-State. It's not about the money. It's no. about the message. Right, exactly. But also, so. it's not like Gene Taylor can dig into his pockets and no. find much money right now. No. At least seemingly. It doesn't come from him. I mean, yeah. we've you know, talked to people, and they they all say the same thing. The money for these coaches, it doesn't just magically appear in the school budget. It comes from the people that are giving money to the program, and um, I, I don't think there's going to be people, anybody that has a problem with giving Jerome Tang more money yeah. this year because of what he brought to Kansas but State. But as we've year. seen, I feel like this donor base, there's a lot more money out there than oh, we yeah. may not be led to believe. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. I agree with all that. Now, I, I just think there's a grander plan here, and maybe Gene's waiting on the annual payout from the Big 12 to have that influx of cash to tie this all up. I don't know. I'll just say this. It's really nice to have an athletics director who doesn't just have a good working relationship with his two main coaches, but a genuine friendship, a bond. Both of them came here because of Gene Taylor. Now, if Gene leaves, that's worrisome, but in the short term, I don't think an agent will get in either one of these coaches' ears and say, we got to do some stuff behind the scenes. You can't trust your AD. None of that's going to work. So I, I think everything's going to be very upfront, and Gene probably has a relationship with these guys that if you get anything serious, let me know. Just let me know. I mean, don't, don't ambush me. Show me that respect. So I think that's probably what's going on. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Momo Cat. Would you rather have – who would you rather have for another year? That is very distracting. <laughs> who would you rather have for another year, Deuce Vaughn or Marquise Noel? Oh. There's only one answer. Oh. That's, I think it's a good question. I, I honestly don't have an answer right now. I want to hear what you guys have to say. It's Deuce Vaughn. It's Deuce is Vaughn. A hundred and ten percent Deuce Vaughn. I can't believe I'm considering this. I know. I probably agree with you, but I feel like there's players that you can recruit who can't replicate what Deuce does, but can do things to replace that. And a, a point guard at eight assists a game, capable of going as high as 19, that's hard to replace in any form. You're passing the ball. Uh, no, I'm talking. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but it, it's not hard to distribute the basketball versus being an amazing playmaker on a gridiron. I'm sorry. I think what Marquise Noel brought to K-State goes beyond what he brought to the court this year. Um, you look at that NCAA tournament run, and theoretically, if Marquise Noel would have had another year to come back, the hype around this basketball team, the national attention that the basketball team would have received, would have been so much greater than if Deuce Vaughn would have came, would have came back. And, and quite honestly, I think it's harder to replace a guy like Marquise Noel, who not only can have the assist numbers, but also the scoring numbers. I mean, he averaged what he averaged over 15 points a game. You're not just going to go in off the street and grab some kid to go 15 and eight every single night. Like that's just not, that just doesn't happen. So, I mean, I think replacing Marquise next year will be a team effort. Like it's going to be, everybody's going to have to take a step up as opposed to replacing Deuce Vaughn. You have DJ Giddens and you have Trayshawn Ward. And those two guys combined will hopefully for K-State, replace it deuce vaughn's numbers but for marquise it's going to be a complete team effort and not saying they can't do it but along with the the national publicity i mean i think my answer is marquise and quite honestly i just think marquise noel is really fun to watch and he's really fun to cover so yeah i mean that that would be my answer maybe it's recency bias because deuce vaughn is special and watching him play was always a treat but from a pure statistical standpoint I think the answer is Noel. I think that there was still too much turbulence throughout the basketball season where K-State and Marquise Noel was turning the ball over a lot and was inconsistent. But you go back to Deuce Vaughn, where was the time where you said, man, Deuce just really was bad? Well, it's more of a team effort, I think, with Deuce than it is with Marquise. And you get another year under Tang. Let's not forget that. This is Marquise Noel's first year under Tang. How he progressed from when he played under Bruce Weber to how he progressed under Tang. You throw in another year of that development. And, I mean, he was, he's an All-American. Deuce Vaughn's an All-American, too. So, like, this is a great question. But I just I, – I think the answer is Marquise. But I wouldn't I, – I understand what you're saying about Deuce. I, I, want, I want the guy that's going to be in the rafters or in the ring of honor first. And it's going to be Deuce Vaughn. Fair enough. True, true. But they're both going in to their the rafters and the and the ring. So. I mean, at this rate, though, I don't know if we'll see Marquise Noel in the rafters in our lifetime. At this rate, yeah, they've got to clean this up. Mm-hmm. This is this is lingered too long. We need as a university to better embrace the heritage of Kansas State basketball. Go back, get those old All Americans up there next season. That the fact that we have all Americans who aren't in the rafters is atrocious. Need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Claws Out, Balls Out. Do you think the basketball staff will slow play the portal and see how it unfolds, or will they want to lock guys up as soon as possible? No, I think they know what they want. And if they get a point guard and an, uh, a combo guard, I know people are like, well, Kyoto was a fourth. He was a guard to them. He was a guard that was able to slide up, which he did. Think about that. Mm -hmm. He did when they put Sills into the lineup. Keontae became the four. But in some ways, they were playing a four-guard, excuse me, four-guard offense. Um, Look at Baylor. They'll often play with three guards that are 6'2 and under, 6'3 and under. And Tank's not going to shy away from that. I mean, He's not going to shy away from, you know, putting someone in that what would be considered the three spot that's 6'2", instead of a guy like Keontae who's 6'6". Six, six. He's going to go find, and he said this, if you missed it, um, he said it on the Field of 68 podcast. He wants two guys, uh, two guards, that have played about 90 games each, so he's looking for seniors who have played at a high level and um, are experienced and he knows that having experienced guards is an absolute key to postseason success. And then the third spot, he wants a big man that can run the court and be a true big man, not not a stretch four playing in the post, a true big man that can get up and down. Again, follow the Baylor blueprint, the kind of guys they've had in the post. So um, he's put it out there. It sounds like as of now, there's three openings. I was a little surprised. Uh, no, I'm not surprised. Naquan is checking his value with the NBA. 
I, I, I guess I just hadn't thought it through. Of course he would. He's an intriguing prospect. Why wouldn't he? He That seems to make better sense to me now that I stop and think about it mm-hmm. than, than Nigel Pack. I mean, Nigel, you need to grow. That's what you need to work on. Um, but Naquan, uh, he, the, the way that the NBA drafts European youth as prospects makes me worry that someone in the NBA is going to say, hell yeah, you're a second-round pick because your upside is impossible for us to measure and understand with your lack of experience and your playing at this level. So maybe it's possible. But I suspect Naquan will be back um, because if he does come back and have a big season, he's a first-round guaranteed money kind of mm-hmm. guy. He's the kind of guy you can't pass on uh, if he improves his game, um, which might be another reason why an NBA team will take him. They can get him on the cheap this year if he wants to come out. Uh, cheap by you know NBA standards. So, um, yeah, he, he wants two experienced guards, no doubt about it. And um, if I don't, I'm not going to get into a bunch of names here because I'm not prepared for that. But if the guy at Oral Roberts and who else? Am I North th- Texas. North Texas. That's the other one. If those two dudes want to come, he's going to take them. He's going to take them. So um we'll see how it all plays out but uh, i think he anytime you can just keep your eye on it now anytime a guard goes in the portal particularly a point guard because they want one to help the young guys learn that has is a senior that has a lot of experience and can distribute and score that's it that's the guy and maybe he'll take two true point guards and use them back and forth there were times when k-state could have used a second true point guard on the court what about LJ Cryer? That's another guy we talked about. And um, to answer the question before we talk about Cryer, I know I just brought that up, but like I, I think that they are going to not necessarily slow play it, but we've already heard that you know they maybe were in on some guys right when they hit the portal and guys are interested back, but now K-State's kind of shying away because they're kind of waiting to see who else is entering the right. portal. I think they will try and get their roster finished as soon as possible. I don't think they're going to have – you know, deep into the summer when they picked up a Desi Sills. I mean, that worked for him. But how often are you going to find a Desi Sills, as Zach Stomach just completely disagrees with that take? How often are you going to find a Desi Sills in July? I just, I just, I just question that. So, if you, if your guy is there and he wants to come to K State, that's who you should take. Which leads me to LJ Cryer um, from Baylor. And I, I've had people ask me about this, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't obviously don't have any insider information or anything like that, but like, uh, this just seems like a situation where Scott Drew has to reach out to Tang and say, hey, he's interested in playing for you. It is okay if you take him. That would be the only way in which LJ Cryer would be able to come to K State because I just cannot see Tang reaching out to Drew and asking or just not asking Scott Drew and, and talking to LJ Cryer directly. Right. It has to be Scott Drew reaching out to Jerome Tang and giving him his blessing. I don't think Tang can ask for Scott Drew's blessing, if that makes sense. Does he need his blessing? Yes. Knowing Jerome Tang, yes. Does he need it? No. Will he want it? Yes. Okay, here's the latest that I have on the Cryer situation. Yesterday I was told by Baylor folks that Tang and Cryer did not have the best relationship that there was some tension there between them, even though Tang was his primary recruiter. Some questions about him coming back from injuries, uh, how long it took, uh, even after the doctors were clearing him, he wasn't playing. Just some questions around that. And so this person thought, probably not what Tang's going to be after. I got a DM shortly before we started this from someone that said, Houston has jumped into this really big. And this might take the Drew Tang thing off the table because now Drew isn't like you're taking a player from me. You're keeping a player away Mm. from Houston, Mm -hmm. which is going to be an interesting basketball rivalry to keep an eye on this Baylor Houston thing. It's going to get heated up, I think. And uh, so I think it's a little more tangible today than it was yesterday. Still, you're exactly right. I think they learned from the portal last year is you can be in a hurry but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the right guys. That little patience to make sure you're getting the exact right guys might be the better play, but might be a bigger gamble. You might end up with bust. I don't think that'll happen after the experience that Tang and K-State had with the transfers and put 
on on the uh, on the public persona or public perception of the program that this is where tarantulas can go. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating to think about, and definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean. The whole crier situation is fascinating to me. Again, people KU apparently is also involved. Of in course, LJ Crier and yeah. If you're Scott Drew, would you rather your former All Big Twelve player go play for your best friend, or go stay in conference and play for? Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Two of the biggest d bag head coaches. Wow. In the wow. Well, it's true. Rivals, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Does he mean tea bag? Because I don't like tea. You know what? That's you know what Ted Lasso calls tea? Oh, what? Dirty brown water. That's, That's exactly I, what Kelvin Sampson and Bill Self are too. Wow! 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 Sorry, that was hostile. I wasn't ready for that. From that Cole. was mean. I mean, Cole's Cole's the nice guy on this podcast. Well, you are. I'm, I'm the. I, I, never mind. I, Let's move on. Last question. Last question of the first half. What am I going to do with Cole? Comes from Florida Cat Fan 90. What level and length of success does a school need to attain and sustain to be considered strong in both football and basketball? When looking at the final top 25 rankings in basketball, I really do not see a school except K-State doing it this year. I will also add Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. I think that in the comments comments in the thread, I think someone said Alabama would like a word. Yeah. They would. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to be good in one. I used to be of the philosophy that the reason why it was so difficult was it's hard to allocate resources for both, and it's hard for fans to be an impact on both. I, I'm less into that now. I just think it's the mathematics of of being good. It's hard to find a Nick Saban and be at that level in football. And then to back it up with a basketball program that can also do it is kind of miraculous because the chances of being good in any one of the two main sports, not just good for a season or two, but consistently good, the the odds of that are really low. So to replicate it in both sports is incredible. I think K-State has an opportunity to do that because it has two dynamic head coaches and it has a fan base now that uh, is willing to offer the energy to the programs that it needs. Now, the next step for K-State basketball fans is to realize basketball starts during football season and get to those games too. That's a big big part of this. And that kind of goes back to what I first said. It's hard for fan bases uh, to do it. Now, it is interesting that Michigan's done it in the past, but Michigan's fan base is so massive that it kind of has, you know, its own fans. It's kind of like, um, I would imagine LSU women's basketball now has kind of its own subset of LSU fans. You know, they might be interested in other things, but now they're invested in women's basketball. We see it with baseball all the time. Certainly, we've seen it at UConn. Yeah, about USC football. Well, are they good? When they have been. But I think it's a good example. It's hard for USC to be good in both. Mm-hmm. They they kind of pop up in basketball once in a while, and football's been inconsistent. It's hard to do, folks. This was a cool year. I think it could happen again next year. But I, I hope he gets those two guards with 90 games under their belt that, that score the ball at a high level. So There were eight teams that finished in the final AP Top 25 for football that made the NCAA tournament this year. Okay. So, I mean, that's, 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 that, that is what it is. The teams that finished in the top 10 um, in football that, all, that made the NCAA tournament were Penn State, Tennessee, and Alabama, and K-State finished 14th just outside of that hmm. crew. So it, it would Penn be – Penn State. Who would have thought? For, well, Penn State – I'm not even counting Penn State because <laughs> they've been terrible in basketball. But Tennessee and Alabama the past, what, five years have been pretty solid in both sports. So – I mean, yeah, I guess it just depends upon what are you looking at as far as your timeline of, of succession, if that makes sense. Didn't the Penn State coach move? Luke? He did, just leave. Where'd he go? Why, can't I, why am I blanking on that? I think it was an SEC school, uh, maybe. I don't remember. I'm totally I, – I could look it up, but I'm in the middle of uh, answering at something on Wabash Station. So I don't want to lose that on my screen. I typed in Penn State coach, and the first thing that popped up was Jerry Sandusky. Wow. Wow. 
That that's still he's going to Notre Dame, by the way. Notre Dame, that's right. He's going to be offensive coordinator for the football team. (laughs) That's what it was. That's why I got confused. That's it for the first half of this podcast. My headache is still there. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Dame. And uh, the dog is licking. I hope Mike's picked up Daphne's lick fest in the background. Zach tried to stop her. There's no stopping her. We'll be back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, your weekly endeavor into all things K-State. In terms of if the people at Wabash Station ask the question and Zach Carlson Picks the question. That's how it works. Zach's got to pick your question. Zach is the all-knowing wizard of pod. Ooh. I feel like that, somebody's already stolen that. That's probably trademarked. I don't know. I feel like that'd be a great podcast about Kansas, the wizard of pod. I don't want to do a podcast about the state of Kansas. You know what's funny? As much we, as I we're starting it. the overtime questions thread this we're going to do an overtime at some point right. this week. The first question was about what stereotype about Kansas do you want to get rid of? <laughs> that? <laughs> Probably I think, that. I actually think we should lean into that. I kind of. Oh, no. We got to shoot a new movie, man. <laughs> well, I mean. No. Let's make it about barbecue. Yeah. We, we need to steal the whole barbecue brand from Kansas City. And, well, the good way to do that is to open more barbecue places. That's a whole other topic. That's a good. What would you want from a barbecue place? You're making me really hungry right now. Yeah. Well, your stomach's already made an appearance today. We're sponsored by The Fridge. They make me hungry. And they don't sell barbecue. They don't. That's a great disappointment. And today I'm going to talk about the things that The Fridge should offer, but refuse to offer because they don't like me, Tim Fitzgerald. A barbecue place would be nice, Kevin, like, you know, the Fridge Wholesale Barbecue. Okay? You you promised me on social media a a front parking lot pool. Do I see any progress on that? No, I don't see that. And and I think uh, half-price vodka Tuesday should be a thing. Just all vodka half-price. It's probably not legal. Stop. We don't follow rules. Also, gummies would be nice, but that's really not legal at all. I don't know. They have Welch's fruit snacks there. Got it. Uh, you can yeah. go to Candyopolis in the mall. Mmm. Mmm. Yummy. To questions from Wabash Station. Cole, take it away. From El Camino Cat. K-State spring football seems to be flying under the radar. Does Coach Kleiman like this or hate it? That it's flying under the radar? Oh, he loves it. He, lo- he loves it. He wants to just go in the lab and do some work and... You know, they, but they do a great job. Let's let's recall, we used to have a pre-spring football press conference, and then they'd merge out the other side for a completely useless game, and we'd have another press conference. And the only thing that would get out was leaked information that often wasn't that accurate. But now we have press conferences every week. Um, we're owed a press conference from Van Malone. That's going to be next week, I think. I believe so. Um, we have... Joe Klanderman coming up on uh, Wednesday, today, when this posts. The Klanderman. The Klanderman can. Um, That's an old joke, and if you're old enough to understand what I just said, I like you. Uh, But, yeah, he doesn't want a spring game. He he looks at spring football as um, muscle memory time and also recovery time. Key players are missing because of surgeries it's not as dramatic as it was last year but it's still pretty significant can we throw team bonding into that team bonding yeah plus i gotta use their new toys 
in the new house. It was my first time in on Tuesday. Impressive. I think it's funny that somebody donated for the naming rights to the pit. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's a big old name above the pit. The pit is where all of the injured non-participants get to. That's awesome, actually. Bike, but it's something, something family pit. Well, and there's a family team entrance, which is basically uh, an area with a big garage door, so the team can come in all at once, so they don't have to go through doors. I can't wait to talk about family in the second half of the podcast. By the way, let's get going. (laughs) Well, I I tease that, but not quite just yet. But um, you want me to ask the next question? No, we've got more thoughts. First question. I'll say this when it comes to spring football. If there could be absolutely no fans, no media attention, no nothing, that's how Chris Kleiman would want it. That's how most coaches would want it. Yes. Now, with that being said, he embraces the media. He embraces the fans. He loves the attention. But he just – and that coaching staff – Love the game of football. They love those guys, and they would do everything regardless if they had attention on them or not. That's what makes them such a really good coaching staff, and I think that's why the players are bought in. But, I mean, I think it's helped this team not have all the attention on them with basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've gotten a chance to kind of work some things out. They don't have to be the center of attention. How cool is it to see those football players reenact the basketball plays that they did during March Madness on the social media. I mean, you don't see that from other places. These guys support each other to no end, and it's actually really cool. So, yeah, I think it's really cool that um, that Coach Kleiman is is handling the spring how he's handling. They've they've done a really good job, and there's going to be some things that fans are surprised about come the fall, but it's going to be a really, really fascinating time between now and and kickoff in September. I agree. Um, seems to me that uh, the institution down the road, when football got really good for one year, it led to brawls on campus between the players. So it's just a cultural thing at K-State. You know, it's, it's a giant family. It's not just family within a, a program or it's it's the whole institution. And that's, that's what these two guys have brought to the table for Kansas State University is this openness with everyone it's it's cool to watch it's it's really fun it was my first time inside there and uh, i told uh chris Kleiman that i didn't understand why he was having practice in the middle of the night you have to understand i am not a morning person so showing up at 8 a.m about caused a heart attack amongst my collective staff that fitz was there i saw your car pulling and i i was shocked you thought you were hallucinating i did yeah. yeah Um, we had four people there. There was like two six. other media yeah. people. Yeah, there, there were like six, six media and four people. of them were us. <laughs> um, but it, it was uh, – it's cool in there. And and he said, well, when we started spring practice before the time changed, it was dark yeah. when we were in here. And now the sun's up and glaring through the side windows. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful facility. It, I am struck by how massive it is. And yet, as Zach has said, it's not as big as the old one. Um, there's less room on the sidelines. They've allocated room in different ways, but there is less room on the sidelines. But they got that second field. Yeah, right outside they got that second which field. Which is also really which nice. I thought it was weird. It's turf, too. I think but. it's weird they turfed it, but I guess if... They can still, they still have the grass field, they can go practice. Right. I think they'll do fall camp on the grass fields, but I was told last season, you know, the, the even years k-state played three road games on grass odd years they play all their games on turf and that's what the schedule's been it'll be that way this year again all their games will be on turf so they they didn't practice on grass all year last year anyway so they must like the turf. i would think they need to practice on grass for some relief from the heat but what do i know for for fall camp for sure yeah yeah We'll see how it plays out. But that whole former practice field area is going to be reallocated to something else. So I don't Mm -hmm. know what they're going to do. Is it possible they might go back and turf it? I mean, it's going to be grass in. They're going to build the soccer indoor eventually. That's probably one of the last things that's on the master plan. When you look at the little map of everything that's going to be built, there is a new facility, a new building that will be built over the current grass practice fields that I believe will be allocated to soccer. Now, I had heard there was controversy whether it would be a, a soccer indoor or um, allocated for outdoor track events because that is an ongoing issue, um, like field events. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I mean, they. I guess they did, they got rid of the the hammer throw. Yeah, area. Like the, they they lost the volleyball arenas on where they had some of the throwing events, and yeah. they need a grass area for the javelin. So I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Hmm. Okay. Next question comes from Exhausted Nihilus. He's so tired. How would you rate Chris Kleiman's ability to maintain consistency in his staff? Do you think it's A, down to hiring the right people, B, molding them into effective assistant coaches, or D, all of the above? You missed C. Oh, wait. Molding the high... Yes, no, I didn't. There's, n- there's no D. He should have just skipped the D. I don't know what... Yeah, he missed one, yeah. She said. Um, so there were, there was just three points? Yeah. But it was really just two, and it was a, the third one was both. Yeah. Uh, read it again. I'm not confused. Hiring the right people, more than into effective assistant coaches, or both. Uh, I think it's both. I mean, it. I I think the hiring of Matthew Middleton, <clears throat> who came with less of a resume but won the approval of the players at that position group, receivers, is very Chris Kleiman. He's a very much a player's coach, um, which doesn't mean they're running the thing. It means he's, he's considering what they said. So he's had some upheaval at the receiver spot. So when his receivers come and say, this is the dude who does have regional ties, being from Kansas City, Kansas, um, and is more likely to stay, and we saw him – in action today, he's a very energetic coach. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he he was hired for fit as much as anything, and uh, I think it, from talking to him and seeing him in action, as far as I can tell, it's a really good hire. So I, I, I think he's trying to get his group of guys that will stay with him long term. But on the football front, you're always going to have upheaval, just because. You can't take care of 10 assistant coaches at an equal level. Right. And the numbers get out who's getting paid what, and you get, oh, why is this guy getting this? I'm a better coach. You just get the egos involved. Um, so he's probably looking, still searching around for his right mix of veteran coaches to provide depth of knowledge, young coaches to provide energy and uh, recruiting effort. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think he really likes the guys he has. He has a really good staff. There's a core group of coaches on this staff. I think we all can recognize that. It's Chris Kleiman, Joe Klanerman, Colin Klein, Connor Riley. Yep. Yes. And that's probably your top Van, four coaches. Well, and Van, and Malone. Van Malone. Van Malone. I would say those four are the core because three of them came from NDSU. Well, two of them came from NDSU. And then you have Colin Klein, who's a K-Stater through and through. Yes, there was the whole Notre Dame thing here a month ago. But that only but, boosts his stock. Right. Boosts his stock. He's going to be a head coach one day. I think that everyone's clear that, that that's going to happen, whether it's at K-State in the future, whether it's somewhere else. Colin Klein is, is going to earn that spot. But right now I feel like Connor Riley and Joe Klanerman, they've been at the lower levels. You know, that's just kind of like Chris Kleiman. They don't know – I don't want to say they don't know any better than K-State, but they're at a high level. I think they're happy to be where they are at the moment. Then you take guys like Buddy Wyatt and Mike Tuyasasopo, who've been coaches for a long time. They are older, but they seem to they're they're performing well. Their player those position groups, a defensive line, is is one of the most solid on this team. They're doing their jobs. Their jobs are safe. I think they're happy to be here as well. So you got you've got this core. Van Malone's another guy that's like that. The the two positions right now I see are probably like Brian LePac and Steve Standard. Those are probably the guys that aren't as in tune, but also they haven't, they weren't here at the, the first season. So I think that you look at that and that's, you know, some areas where you might see some turnover in the future. But, you know, like I said, there's a, a good core to this coaching staff. And I think that everybody gets along pretty well. I don't know why, if you're a Steve Standard, you would choose to leave. I don't know why, if you're right, um, and, and, a Buddy White or a Mike Tuiasa, but like those right. coaches are at the point in their career to where this is probably a destination job. Uh, unless they really, really want to go out down to a lower level and be a coordinator, that's this is a destination job. You throw in the fact that Steve Standard's son is 
I believe, going to be a freshman in college at, at a local university. And then you have uh, he's either that or he's still in high school. It's one of the two. He might be a senior next year. But then you have Mike Tuyasasopo's son, who he coaches um, at K-State as a sophomore. So, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of turnover at those yeah. two positions. There's one I coach just... I want to see leave. And I'm going to say some controversy. There's one coach on this staff I want out of here. Ready? Someone make Van Malone a damn head coach. Get that done. But I don't want you to leave, Van. I just want you to get your shot because I think you'd be a tremendous head coach at the right situation. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Next question. Next question is comes from Wildcat Pilot eighty eight. As I have a little mini stroke because I'm so That's excited okay. to read this question. Okay, That's good. Um, is Sean Snyder being spiteful by taking the KU job, or is he running out of available options that want him? No, I don't think it's two. I think um, I uh, – how honest do I want to be? Yeah, I think there's some spite in there. I think there's some – he feels like he's sticking it, a thumb in the eye of K-State fans. Didn't play out that way, Sean. Um, from what I've heard, he's being seriously overpaid and for the title. So, yeah, he took the job. He's, he, he's an hour 20 from his home. He still lives here. His family's still here. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think this had the play that either Sean or Lance Leipold thought it would. I thought, I think they thought they were pulling over a, a fast one, a big hire, and there's going to be a lot of thunder about this. And I think fans from both schools are like, what? Why? What? Here's my bottom line, though. We have heard over and over about uh, how this guy wants to be a head coach, wants to be a head coach. And the knock has been consistent through the years. You haven't been on the field enough. Being a special teams coordinator doesn't count, folks. Not in college football. You might be able to manage that into a head coaching job in the NFL. College football, it's so so much more hands-on teaching. You have to teach the game and fundamentals to these guys. You don't do that at the NFL at the level you do at the college game. So having an intricate knowledge of blocking, tackling, passing, running, those things is really important. And he needed to prove that he could be a coach on the field. And he can't. I mean, he, he, he's, a, he's a brilliant kicking, punting, and snapping coach. He doesn't know anything about the return game, and if he has, it's because he's been around Andre Coleman and Dana Demmel, who actually coordinated those roles at Kansas State, even though his dad went to press conferences and gave his son all the credit. That still bothers me. That still bugs me. So I think he's going to help KU football in other ways, but I also think he might be a distraction that they're not going to want. And how do you back out of this? Now that you've had this hire and you brought an assistant coach hire to your press conference, which is kind of odd. So obviously you thought you were pulling a fast one. How do you back away from that down the road? This is something that Lance Leipold is it's either going to work for him and he's going to get a lot of major positive publicity, which he hasn't gotten yet, or this is going to be something that affects his long-term outlook at KU. I mean, this could seriously be something that in three or four years, KU fans look back on and say, what the hell was he thinking? Yeah, it could be. It gives off serious Mark Mangino to Iowa State vibes to me. Big name, Snyder tree, and you don't investigate everything else around what was going on at the time. I'm Maybe Sean has just realized that I'm not going to be a head coach and this is exactly what I'm really good at. And I hope that's true. I hope that's exactly what's going on. I, You know what? I want to dabble in special teams, but I don't want to be on the field all the time. I want to be around a football program, but I'm really good about the behind-the-scenes running of the football program, which is undoubtedly true. I mean, he did that for his father, took stuff off the plate. Maybe that's what Lance Leipold wants. Maybe this would be a perfect arrangement. But there will always be some palace intrigue around when Sean's there. There'll be stuff going on behind the scenes. I, I, I think there's a lot of controversy, rightly so. I'm going to get blocked on Twitter. Well, 
I mean, <laughs> hey, by the way, person. coach, if you do hear about all this and hear about what I said, whoever's running your damn Twitter account, get it back. But if you blocked everyone, shame on you, coach. That's that, that's and that if that's really what happened, um, I think it's just a misunderstanding of what a block actually means. Yeah, you can look at it as this is my space. This is the way I look at it when I block or mute someone. It's my space, and you've invited yourself in. But when you're a head coach, when when you're that significant of a figure to the entire institution of Kansas State University, what a block says is either you agree with me or you're not worthy of my blessing. So if someone's out there blocking on your behalf, they're doing you a disservice. Sometimes when you're the celebrity, you just got to let it roll off of you. I probably should learn that. Are K-State fans pissed about this? Because, no, they don't care. And, that's, and that, yeah. I think that's what this all comes back to, right? Like, uh, no, I've read nobody. Well, I'll take that back. I've seen some people, how dare he go? Most K-State fans are like, well, he wasn't working here. Yeah. This is totally different for me than when Joe Bob Clements went to KU. <clears throat> he needed a job. I mean, he... He was trying to, and it's worked. It, he did exactly what he needed to do. He did, went there, came to K-State, went to Oklahoma State. He's had a long career there, although he's apparently bumped up against the ceiling with Mike Gundy. He had a job. He had exactly the job we thought he wanted, being a special teams coach at a Power 5 school under someone who is his friend, Brett Bielman at Illinois. Had a good program. That's Good program. That is, they had a good season. We thought that's the only strange thing here. We thought this is what you want. This is what we've been told you wanted. Now you're out of coaching. So I don't know. It's just the whole thing's odd. And and I think everyone misunderstood the reaction that was going to happen. There was a far greater awakening towards the end of the Coach Snyder era than I understood. I, I felt like I was on an island at times. Uh, and I ruined my relationship with, with Coach in some ways. When I said it was time for him to retire, that somehow was, you know, saying the Bible is incorrect. But apparently uh, the younger generation of fans understood what was going on behind the scenes. And uh, they had a better grasp on it than when I I thought. And I, I apologize to them for that. But, but, yeah, there's been no controversy about this. K-State fans are like, okay. And I think part of this is, too, I mean, maybe he just wants to be, like you mentioned, closer to home. I think like, that's a big part of it. Like, I really do. And and for that, I don't think you can blame him. Like, for that, if that is the sole reasoning why he wants to come closer to home, he's not going to take a job coaching at Baker. Well, so I, I agree with this, but I, I think it's more like this. This allows him to be back close to his family and everything, his foundation of life here in Manhattan. But somewhere along the line, the the, the question was probably asked, what do you think K-State fans are going to think, Sean? And that's where I think it came in, probably down the lines of who cares or F them. So I think it can be both things. Mm -hmm. But in the big picture of things, this is a non-factor. You hired someone uh, to help you run the operation. Maybe he makes really good coffee. I don't know. Delicious Sean Snyder blend. His dad drank Jeez. a lot of coffee. Maybe that's, maybe that's what was going on. He makes delicious coffee. He's the assistant to the regional manager. What? Yeah, what is his title? What he's, assistant? He's, or he's, uh, like, he's basically, special assistant to the head coach. He's basically Marco Bourne. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they created a spot for him. Because, he, you know, and... I understand that role. I think that's an important role for a coach to have someone to take nonsense off their plate. And he did a masterful job of that at K-State of letting his dad worry about coaching because God knows his dad didn't like to worry about if it didn't make his team better and help him win a game, he didn't want to be part of it unless it was really kind of interacting with fans. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I think this could work out great for KU or it could be not exactly what they think. Or maybe deep down inside he feels like, well, Lance is going to be successful here and probably get a job at a big-time institution. Maybe I'd be the next guy. Always a little palace intrigue when Sean's around. Last question of the podcast comes from Dr. J54. Assess President Linton in regard to athletics. 
I think he has a good understanding of the purpose of athletics. You know, his, I mentioned this, I think last week when his, when the time he was speaking with Glenn Kinley at Channel 27 was, was interesting to me. I mean, he flat out said that Jerome Tang's made Kansas State a better place, not just the basketball program better. He's made the entire institution better. So I think he gets it, and that's good because we're seeing Pac-12 presidents, chancellors who really don't get it. Mm-hmm. They they want to be good in sports, but they don't understand why it's important. It just it makes my alumni feel better. That's not at all what it's about. It's not about touchy feely stuff. It's not about academics. It can have a positive impact on academics because you can get more students. But yeah, and with all that said, I still haven't had an opportunity to sit down and talk with the new president. And that's something I need to rectify this off season is sit down with Mr. President and shoot the you know what with him and kind of learn more about him because everything I see and hear about him he's in perfect fit he seems he always seems happy and and I'm just gonna say this uh, when President Myers would come to games and everything did you he just would be so much he's so formal like he he dresses up he, he I, you see Doc Linton walking down the street in jeans and a K-State right. and a K-State windbreaker like that's the kind of person that he is. When you've been a and military officer your whole life, you just so much is right, but trained also, into you. Linton and his quarter zips are exactly what a K Stater is. Yeah, and right. I agree with exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Th- this probably defines why he's a good fit at K State as much as a buddy of mine who works up on campus said he's a grain guy. That was his expertise. He's a grain science guy, mm-hmm. which is the secret backbone of Kansas State University. If you want to get into milling and grain sciences, this is your place. It is the golden child, the golden degree you can get from Kansas State. People don't get that. Um, and it won't go away. That's one of, the, one of the things I like about in this changing environment. We have so many discussions about the validity of you know going to college. Is it good? Well, I, the guy who has a degree in journalism is going to say this. If you have a degree in ag or engineering, you aren't going to go away. Your job isn't going to disappear. AI ain't going to steal the job from you. I'm confident of that. So I I think he's a great fit, um, but I'll try to sit down with him in the future. That's it for this edition of the Powercat Questions podcast. Now I got to go back and figure out what I want to (laughs) cut. We appreciate you listening. We are off to an impromptu basketball press conference. We don't know where this came from. Apparently, uh, Kansas State's going to scoop uh, Bill Self retiring by having their own preemptive press conference on Tuesday with 90 minutes of notice. Drum Tang's dropping the bomb. Drum Tang's announcing Bill Self's retiring and he's going to KU uh, film at 11. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Mm-hmm.